three, four, one, two, three, four, base blast, base blast, base blast. Steven, welcome to another base blast. I am ready to receive. Excellent. I am actually going to do a few quick things in this blast because I think it'll be a shorter one. That's how so I like I'm it. <laughs> squeezing in a few little things at the beginning. Uh, first being Hi, originally... How much are we going to run with this? <laughs> let's let's run it all the way, man. This horse is not dead yet, so we can keep on beating. <laughs> keep on beating. Uh, also title of your sex tape. First, in our last Basin Conspiracy, I said that I would release the failed Bayes Blast attempt with Matt Freeman uh, in two weeks as our next episode. I realized that throws off all the timing because then we would be releasing at the same time as the Mind Killer. Since we're both bi-weekly podcasts, that sounds just really dumb to do. So I, I am actually going to delay it by one week. So we got the Sydney episode out one week early, basically, and we're reverting to the regular schedule. So I'm going to try to make up for that by having three blasts out this week and maybe another one or two next week. Cool. I noticed last week that we didn't get an episode on Sunday or on Wednesday and... I checked the website and didn't see a draft. I was going to do it, but you're out of town. And I don't want to bug you and be like, hey, do you have like any of this stuff set up? So no, I just wanted to know for posterity you. that I did try briefly. Thank you for, for trying at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> it's the very least I can do. Yes. <laughs> the second thing is that we have a intro sting now, I guess is what they call it. I always just called it an intro song, but it's really not a song. So I guess that is the term. Anyways, it was composed by Liam from our Discord, and also from the Too Rash, Too Unadvised podcast, where they do a deep dive read-through of the Terra Ignata series by Ada Palmer. So, Liam, thank you very much for that. Is that where that awesome bass blast thing I heard this morning came from? Yes. Awesome. Uh, he did the the drums and the guitar on it, and you know the, the voice is mine. He did all the, the instrumental stuff. Well, sweet. All right. Thanks, Liam. It, yeah, it sounded great. It was memorable. And very fast, which was my most important criteria for a blast. So this is... Taken from Duncan Sabian, who is well-known in the Rashless community, long-time contributor to Less Wrong, but this is not, as far as I know, a Less Wrong post at all. It is something that he posted on Facebook publicly. It was very, it was thought-provoking. Facebook? You mean that place where our parents, like, share pictures of each other and they're, like, racist memes? <laughs> Whoa, I don't know, but I don't know how racist your parents are. Uh, my parents but, uh, aren't on Facebook. I don't, I don't, I don't, my dad just got a phone that can receive pictures, so if he has an email address, I don't know what it is. That's <laughs> his level of computational or computer savvy. I mean, it is kind of antiquated. My parents do use it and they post vacation pictures on it. So Aww, yeah, that's adorable. All right. Duncan shared something on Facebook. This is talking about the um, the Stanford prison experiment. The uh, robber's cave was uh, sheriff. That's what it was. <laughs> was it sheriff? Yes. <clears throat> I think one important fact that gets overlooked when people talk about the Robbers Cave experiment doesn't replicate or the Stanford Prison Experiment doesn't replicate or whatever is the claim that the Robbers Cave dynamics or the Stanford Prison Experiment dynamics don't arise spontaneously is true. Uh, that is, whenever we talk about these things, I'm always taking pains to point out that they had to run the robber's cave at least twice because they didn't cajole the kids into attacking each other well enough the first <laughs> time and it didn't happen. <laughs> that uh, Stanford Prison Experiment had a lot of uh, meddling with it as well. So they don't say quite the things you would want them to say if you're just like, look, you put people together and this is just what happens. However... Duncan then says, this is different from the claim that those dynamics won't arise if you have people nudging in that direction. Hmm. That is distinct. I do feel like the criticism, this isn't what happens if you just put people in the wild or observe them in the wild. I do feel like that is a pretty sound blow. Uh, oh, definitely. But with enough pushing, you know, one's reminded of, is it 
too early to spoil the end of the Watchmen movie? I don't think so. Well, go ahead and spoil. At the end of the day, the smartest man, that's like his power. I guess he can also punch hard. It's unclear. But he frames Dr. Manhattan for an attack on New York City or all over the globe, depending on comic or movie. It's because the world is already edging towards catastrophe. This is like, what, the 70s with uh, nuclear? 80s. 80s. Yeah, with all the, the nuclear scary business. He's like, we need a common enemy. And I'm going to go ahead and make it you because you're the most plausible candidate for it. As he's you know, explaining his master plan to Dr. Manhattan. He nudged the world in a way that very plausibly led to the desired outcome. And that yeah. which described in like the sheriff experiment and the Zimbardo experiment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Duncan says that these results were achieved with not that much in the way of pressure or intervention from the researchers. And I would strongly hazard that they're hella replicable under those circumstances. And I think this is an insanely good point because modern prisons don't just randomly happen in the wild and humans stumble into them. <laughs> like they have a lot of pressures and nudges and systemic forces making them what they are. They have a prison guard culture that is already in place when a new person shows up to work there. And they have the, a prison occupant culture that shows up when you when you go there. You know, right. If you or I were sentenced to prison, within our first week, we had joined a white supremacist gang so we could avoid getting our asses killed in prison, right? Yeah, and we'd start I making all the so. Yeah, we'd, we'd make all the same noises and vocalizations that any sincere asshole would make, but we're just doing it to save our skins. But if you're observing our behavior, we'd look like we were quickly, at least I would be very quickly, apparently radicalized. <laughs> right? Yeah. The experiment where they zapped the people uh, with fake zaps with the electric uh, yeah. ever increasing, right? Milgram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at Milgram, thank you. At the very end, the subject actor at the other end is literally dead and people keep pressing the buttons. And it's because a researcher is right there cajoling people to do it. Uh, that might happen in the real world. Like Nazi death camps didn't just spontaneously arise. There was nudges uh, that were happening at the very least by powerful forces. So I think actually those experiments do help show that people can be easily nudged into bad places if you have a dedicated, well-skilled nudger. There are, I think, small-scale experiments one could do to replicate like a very minimal version of just the... Because like with the Milgram shock experiment, the main thing that I think people pointed to as an explanation for what the hell happened was that you're in an artificial environment and you've got the, the lab coat person saying, you know, it's important that you continue. This is a science experiment, right? Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, well... It's we, we live in a somewhat modern society. I'm, they're not going to invite me in for a, a science experiment that's going to involve me murdering people. And he's, right. he's telling me it's fine. I'm going to go ahead and just override my own queasiness and keep going for it. I think you can do this in a safe way with people. If you're ever teaching somebody how to drive, you set up parking cones and stuff in an empty parking lot for them to kind of like navigate, you know, how to back up and stuff. If you just tell them, keep backing up, you'll be fine. Yeah, uh, you'll get them to hit the cones. You'll get them to hit it. I, I haven't done this. Cool. But I've seen, yeah. I saw something similar once someone trying to get someone extricated from the snow and they just slid right into another car and uh, it was a drag. If you were to tell me to zap somebody that I thought I was killing, I'd be like, dude, you're, you've lost your mind. Fuck you. But in a contrived enough circumstance, why not? When I heard about how much these experiments had been manipulated by the researchers, I thought, oh, well, okay, I guess people don't actually act like that. That's just crap. Duncan pushes against that. He says, I think the idea people just don't behave the way they did in those old experiments is too strong of an update. I think the actual takeaway should be more like, thank goodness people don't just randomly do these things. But <laughs> gosh, it's not that hard to get the ball rolling in a bad direction. I like that a lot. Well put. I think one criticism that does still stand is that the experimenters were too 
general or confident in the specific assertions they made about the results. Certainly, I think with Zimbardo, I didn't read any of what Milgram said actually directly, but um, I think that's one of the reasons that we did update so hard in the opposite direction when it turned out that it was so manipulated because the assertions they were trying to make were much stronger than one could make by an experiment that had been that manipulated. Exactly. Understandably, we maybe didn't give this our full attention, but uh, I love this this point that Duncan made because so Zimbardo's whole his whole career he's been trying to push the point of bad environments make bad people. So when he comes out of this, and he's like, "Yep, see, told you." And we we look at it like, "Yeah, but you made him do it." And the one guy that was being the worst asshole, he explicitly said on camera that he was cosplaying uh, like Cool Hand Luke or whatever. He thought it was a game. I think we understandably rejected the too strong claim that the experimenters made. But that doesn't mean there's not validity there. And great nugget of wisdom to pull out the kernel of truth there that says, look, experimenters' conclusions aside, stuff happened. (laughs) You're right. These things weren't in the broad scope that hard to set up. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. It is. That's why I wanted to share it. And thank you for joining me for another Bayes Blast. It was a pleasure. Thank you.